The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. podcast of fan-sided the blue stable podcast as always you already know how it goes guys i'm michael terrazas as always representing big d down there dallas mavericks they on fire uh i I gotta represent the colts as well joined by me as always rashad mcginnis man destin adams uh chose thursday to be a great day to paint his new house he's becoming a father (laughs) becoming a man we're proud of him uh, but we all know what it is. He talked all that crap in the group chat. He don't want to see the smoke when it comes to my <laughs> He don't want it. All right, he, he doesn't want it. But Rashad, man, how you doing? I'm good, man. Come on, man. Let's let, let's get into it because I know you want to talk about it. Your team took a 2-0 lead the other night. So go ahead. Go ahead. Just let him Hey, man, it. we're, we're going to spend just a, a short, quick, uh, maybe four or five minutes on NBA talk. But I, I guess I'll start – with the Mavs, uh, I'll just be short and sweet. Uh, the Mavs have been very good. I did not call for them starting out 2-0. Didn't call that at all. But I did. I, I had a lot of uh, confidence in game one. I expected the Clippers to come out the way they did in game two. Jesus, man, Kawhi is so good, dude. I mean, you can't even he get is. mad at him. He's got the best mid-range game in, in, in the league. I just yeah. how do you even how do you even stop that, man? Uh, but I, I loved the way the Mavericks uh responded. I loved it. Luka Doncic cussing guys out in Slovenian, telling Pat Bev he's too small. I mean, I, I don't want to get my hopes too up, man. We're we're up 2-0 Friday, tomorrow night, Dallas. It is the AAC is going to be electric, man. That better be the loudest that stadium has ever been. Um, as long as the Mavs stay composed, man, they'll they'll be all right and they'll handle this team the way I've I've told you guys that they will. I've had all the confidence in in this team against the Clippers, but hey, you got to take care of business on your home floor. Stay composed. Lots of nerves. Lots of energy. Uh, the, there's going to be about seventeen thousand fans. So if yeah. Jerry Jones can have about 50,000 fans in his stadium, Mark Cuban says, all right, I'll have my stadium fully packed. So, I mean, we make the playoffs. You don't, Jerry. So that, that's the difference between you and I. I got business. You don't. So uh, I, I guess in other NBA news, it's a bummer. CP3 got hurt. I had the Suns winning that series in seven. But uh, 
I'm not going to be out here and say like LeBron got lucky again. He's nursing an injury himself, but uh, it, it was just disappointing, man. CP3, you know, he, he's that closer at the end of the game, getting to the mid-range, getting into the paint to the free throw line, and he can't do that now. I just wanted to say uh, before before I get into my Lakers, man, shout out to Dallas, man. They're playing good basketball. I didn't expect Tim Hardaway Jr. to be the third best player of this series so far, but he has been, aside from Luka and Kawhi. You would expect Paul George to be the next best player. I mean, he is the, the all-star and borderline superstar, as some people like to call him. But Tim Hardaway has been out playing him, man. He, he's been lights out from behind the three, but he's also playing well off the dribble, and he's not forcing it. That's the thing that always got me with Tim Hardaway. He was always able to play, but he likes to force it at times. He, he His shot selection is not the greatest, but when he's hot, man, he can score with any of the two guards, the elite wing people that's in the NBA. He can score with them, and so I really look forward to seeing what, what American Airlines is going to do, man. I really want to see how y'all handle going back home I know the Clippers are going to come out strong. They're, they're going to, y'all are going to have to weather the storm in the beginning because I think they're going to come out really with a gut punch. And, and if y'all can the, weather that, yeah. because I think the, y'all will be fine. Because of the nerves, man, I do expect them mm-hmm. to possibly be down in the first quarter. I, I do expect that because of the nerves, they got to ease into it. But yeah, to your Lakers, man. So the Lakers, man, um, Chris Paul going down is a tragedy. Like, I don't want people to think just because I'm a Lakers fan, I was excited to see that. Uh, Chris Paul was a guy that represented New Orleans, where I'm from. Like, for many years, he put the team on his back and put the city on his back. And, and he just seemed to have injuries at the worst time. And that's been a story of his career. And people like to give him criticism. But he's out there playing and battling, man. But this is a different series without a healthy Chris Paul. I mean, I, I was always rooting for the Lakers. I thought it would be six or seven without a doubt. And I still feel like Phoenix is good enough to take it to six. But I think it ends in six in L.A. I think that's when L.A. will put the series away. It's tied up right now, one-on-one, looking to get a victory tonight. So that's why we're doing this podcast. So after here, I could hurry up off and watch the Lakers and, and see if we get the victory, man. How do you feel about that series so far? Um... Well, I always thought that Phoenix was a good matchup for L.A. They mm-hmm. were well-balanced. They are balanced defensively, offensively, good from the free-throw line. DeAndre Ayton hasn't been given enough credit for going against Anthony Davis and these bigs. Also, man, I know he can possibly be good at times, but, dude, get Andre Drummond off the damn floor. Just get him off. Mark Gasol changes this offense just as much as LeBron James does. And yes, I said it because he can go out to the three-point line. He can pass very well for a big man, for a 30, what, 37-year-old big man? Yeah. I mean, he can pass well and he can see the offense well. I just don't know why he's not starting. I really don't. I, I don't. What do you want more? Creative offense and still some defense or just rebounding? What What do you want more? Take the ball out of LeBron's hands. Marcus Hall can take it off the dribble. He can he can kick it out. He can he, he can do that. He's done it in Memphis, Toronto. I mean, he's been proven. So that's that's my only thing. I got Lakers in five now without a healthy CP3. Utah, Memphis, man, that was an electric game last night, even though it wasn't close. But John Morant, man, that is a bad kid. That is a bad kid. Uh, also, oh what? What about these fans, man, in Philly, in New York, throwing popcorn on Russell Westbrook and 
trying to spit towards Trey Young. What what are we doing, man? What like what 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 happens in, in football now? What I, I just can't. It, people were trying to clown Russell Westbrook for getting mad about popcorn, but clearly, I mean, some people don't understand how it goes when you get disrespected. You ain't you ain't putting up with that. You know, when you get something thrown at you that you consume that you're supposed to be eating, that is very disrespectful. That is like I throw my food in the trash if I don't want it. And now you're throwing that food at me. I mean, that that I'm I'm not sure what has happened to the fan. I'm pretty sure he's probably been banned by now. But, Mm -hmm. dude, this has got to stop spitting towards Trey Young, dude. Now, as small as Trey Young is, man. He's got a strong charisma and he's got some dog in him. If he, he would have realized someone spat in his face, he was in the second row. I'm not, I'm not going to say he was swinging or anything, but if, if I'm Trey young and I would have saw that ref, take this ball real quick, man, I'm clocking out, clock, clock me out for a quick 30 seconds. Look, man, if you want to handle something, we can handle something. No, sit down, watch the game, watch your team lose. You sorry ass. Would you just sit down. And then look at my owner. Hey, man, clock me back in. All right. Right. Back on the job. I mean, that's that's just disrespectful, man. I don't know what's going on with these fans. I mean, just sit there, watch the game. If I hate the Clippers, but I'm not going to sit there and freaking spit on Rajon Rondo because nine yeah, times out of ten, he'll probably rock my ass. Right. I, I, mean, I mean, I'm not saying just because you play NBA and you're an athlete, you can kick someone's ass. I mean, you could be an athlete, but I could know MMA and absolutely whoop you. But I'm not – I'm not Conor McGregor, so I can't do that. So, <laughs> times out of 10, Rajon Rondo will knock my ass out. So, man, wh- where are you on this, man? I mean, you have a family that's in the league. You have someone who right. can be hated. They have a rivalry out West. And what what if this happened to your family member? It's funny you ask. That's a great question because we didn't even discuss this in pre-production. But me and my brother actually talked about this earlier today. And we were saying the fact that fans have been locked up so long. You think when they get out and finally now that they're able to go to stadiums and go to arenas, you would think they would be excited to see the NBA or the NFL players. Like they would be happy. They would be embracing them. And then you got people doing stupid stuff like this. Like you said, the two incidents, I've seen they just banned the guy that's that sped at Trey Young. They just banned him for life from um, Madison Square Garden. And I don't know what's the punishment yet for the guy with the popcorn, but those guys are idiots, man. Like, you seriously see Russell Westbrook is furious because he just got injured at on top of that and is going to the locker room to get checked out. Yep. And now you have to deal with this. You already have a ton on your mind. You're injured. You're in a playoff game. Emotions running high. And then I got to deal with some idiot while I'm walking back to the locker room, dump popcorn on my head. But if Russell Westbrook would have got loose and hit that fan, oh. then we'd be looking at him totally different. They would want to suspend him for the season. He damn sure wouldn't play again this, this series. No. So I don't think it's fair that fans just get to do whatever to these players. They got access to these players, so they, they treat them like dogs. And the player can't react. Because they're the one who get paid millions of dollars and, and their brand is on the line. And it's just not fair. And I feel like the NBA and the NFL need to come up with some rules and regulations and, and protect the players a little bit better than what they're doing right now. I want to see something lawfully come out of this. I right. want to see some laws or some, Absolutely. Like the, a team can implement that. A team can yeah. implement that. If you do this, spit or throw food, 
we will charge you for assault. We, we will charge you for that. That's Absolutely. what's going to happen because this is this is ridiculous, man. I mean, yeah. I've gone to a TCU and Baylor game, and I hate Baylor. TCU hates Baylor. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to scream at an amateur athlete and tell yeah. ducks and like, dude, what are you doing? Like, right. the kid is going to school. I mean, come on. Like, what are we doing, guys? Right. Like, like everyone says, when it comes to booing, that's part of the game, man. I will boo oh, yeah, your for head sure. off. For but, sure. man, I, I, I don't know what to say about this, man. I mean, I would love to see organizations, leagues, uh, go the lawful route. Uh, and mm-hmm. even with these fans now, uh, the spitting and everything, I don't think that's lawfully, even if it happened in the street, I don't think you could do anything about that. But no. trying to throw food at another player, I mean, and, and you said it best, if the player goes up there and checks him, now he's in the wrong. But you, you, we, we keep looking at what happens on TV, but yet again, Russell Westbrook goes home and, and becomes a husband. He, right. he goes home and becomes a dad. That same man went home and became a husband. He was a dad. He went to work. Russell Westbrook was at work. He had a stranger come into his job and throw food at him. Rashad, how how would you like it if you were at work, you were on the clock, and just some random person came up and spat at you or just had a drink or something and threw it at you? How would you feel? People think just because they make millions of dollars that that comes with. No, that doesn't come with it. That wasn't in the contract that I can let people just abuse me and throw things at me or call me names, call me racial slurs. Like all of this stuff is things that need to stop. Because like you say, you gave a perfect example. If you're a cashier at a 7-Eleven and somebody comes up with a cold drink or soda and dumps it on your head, like how are you going to react? You're going to want to kill him. Like, you're going to want to fight him. You're going to want to come from behind the counter. The same way Russell Westbrook wanted to come from out that tunnel. They lucky Trey Young, like you said, didn't see, didn't realize what was going on, man, because that could have got bad, and it could have got bad really quick. I seen his family was sitting not too far from where the court was. I seen oh, his father. Jesus. Yeah. I didn't he, even he, know that. I didn't even know that. Man, if if that would have if my brother was on the court and exactly. I saw that, no, nah, man, I, I will straight up punch the dude. I'll, exactly. Even, even if it gets me banned from Madison Square Garden, I ain't got nothing to do with New York. My brother's in Atlanta. I ain't got exactly. nothing to do trash ass arena i mean I, i'm gonna go punk that fan and i'll be on my way home that yeah, that's man. how it goes i mean yeah I, I would really love to see the nba and nfl and it probably can't be done right now but over the off season i would love to see things progress things get yeah. developed uh we we, we really got to stop this in sports man we, we really have to even in football Absolutely. i've even been at college games and hearing the things grown folks want to say to 19 year olds to 20 year olds is ridiculous i've heard racial slurs i've heard your mom's a b i've heard your mom raised a b i've i've heard the craziest things. that is wow it's just stupid it's just stupid like again i dislike rajon rondo but i have i know nothing about him to talk about his mother I know exactly. nothing about him to talk about the man that his mother raised like right. that. That just makes no sense. I mean, that like, could you imagine Darius Leonard running out and someone just yelling out, Hey, be like, just like your mom raised this or you're raising like, that's just crazy, dude. We got to stop is. this, man. We, we really got to stop it, man. Um, but other than that, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily have anything else to get into NBA. Why this is a Colts podcast. So we are definitely going to move, into you know into all this but hey it is going to be electric tomorrow night i am going to be 
I'm going to wake up with nerves. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to wake up with nerves and I cannot wait to turn on this TV. But this next topic, getting into Colts football, this next topic is sponsored by Manscaped. Okay. The Lawnmower 4.0 is officially here and it is the best one yet. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code FANSIDED20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. So, Rashad, earlier today, we heard, I can't remember who it was specifically who tweeted it out. Uh, I want to say Jim Aiello. What, what I think was it that? was Jim Aiello. It was yeah. Jim Aiello. Okay, okay. I just, I, I want to make sure I get that correct. Uh, mm-hmm. So, Will Holden is getting first team reps at left tackle. And by God, that makes me so happy because it tells me that this coaching staff is not dumb. <laughs> that, I mean, thankfully, because we kept hearing about Sam Tevy, Sam Tevy, Julian Davenport. Do y'all not remember the name Will Holden? the guy who put up a fight against TJ Watt, who put up a good fight against some pass rusher. Do we not remember that name? That's the guy. So Rashad, what are your thoughts uh, early on? It's probably not too, you know, not the biggest news, but it's, I think it's a good idea of what we will see coming week one, who will start. And I don't think enough people is talking about that battle. You know, the early on battle at left tackle, People was just assuming that Sam Tevy had this position locked up and they forgot about Will Holden, man. Holden played really well against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know people will say, oh, well, it was only T.J. Watt. They didn't have Bud Dupree. It didn't matter. Will Holden held his own. You know, they gave him a little help, which is what you're going to have to do early on in the season, no matter who plays left tackle. Sam Tevy is not good enough to play it on his own solely going against elite pass rushers. And we know that when we come to the Rams week two, well, I know that for a fact, they're definitely going to try to exploit that matchup. Who's, who's ever had left tackle, whether it's Tevy or it's Will Holden. So we're going to have to make a conscious effort to get them some help. But I think Will Holden is, is better in pass protection than Sam Tevy from everything I've seen on tape. I like Sam Tevy's ability to move his feet in the run game. He, he's very athletic in that regard. But I think Will Holden is the better pass protector. And I was just wondering why he haven't been getting talked about. Do you know, Michael? I really don't. I thought he might have been a free agent, but I could have swore we had him uh, re-signed. You I could have swore we did. I mean, I'm just like, wait, why Why does people keep talking about Sam Tevy? Like, where's Will Holden unless the Colts just have no interest in him at the left side, which is crazy. I right. mean, to your point. To your point, I mean, it doesn't matter if he only faced T.J. Watt. He faced T.J. Watt. <laughs> One of, what, a top three pass rusher in the game? Easily. Maybe the best stand-up pass rusher in the game, because that's what he is, a stand-up guy. Uh, well, probably behind Khalil Mack, because he can put his hand in the dirt and stand up. So, yeah. But, I mean, I think this is a good sign for things to come. I just don't think Sam Tevy or Julian Davenport should have of course, they're going to get looks. Of course, you know, the coaches are going to allow them uh, to compete. But I fully expect Will Holden to be the left tackle uh, one come week one if Eric Fisher is not able to go. I would love to see what he looks like in uh, preseason, depending on what uh, teams we're going to face. I'm not sure when we 
play Carolina. I'm not sure if, you know, we're going to play our guys. Carolina's going to play their guys. I know they got Brian Burns. They got uh, some pretty good. Oh, that uh, would be good. Yeah, I would love to see a uh, dress rehearsal for that. And also, we only have three preseason games, so I wonder when the dress rehearsal is, like the, the second game? It may be. I would, maybe. I think they're going to rest. They're going to rest the last game. Yeah, pro- probably. Or maybe they just don't have a dress re- rehearsal at all. Maybe. I mean, I wouldn't blame them. Um, yeah, a lot of continuity. So, I mean, you just sit there and say, That's hey, there's true. no need. There, there's no Once need you to- see how Carson look, then you could just, you could pretty much, you know, let yeah, the back up. Once, I'm, I'm curious to see if the league will start doing joint practices again, because I don't believe they did joint practices last year um they didn't so, at all yeah they didn't so i'm curious to see if they have if the league allows joint practices i'm not sure if we've gotten a word on that yet but uh if besides they are, us in carolina uh they're doing the joint practice they say that's what they're working on right now in in carolina yeah cool cool hey mm-hmm. i mean hey a mobile yeah. quarterback and sam darnold some fun weapons a, a defense that looks promising I'd like to see it, man. I would love to see see it. Michael Pittman going against J.C. Horn, and I I would love to see it, man. So, yeah, (laughs) that that is a matchup. Um, So I would really be curious to see how the the depth of the offensive line and Will Holden, where he ends up at, because I just just don't know why he hasn't gotten enough talk or love from anyone. I mean, even Zach Hicks just keeps talking about Sam Tevy. Got love for, got love for Zach. Zach, if you're watching, I'm of not course. trying to down you or anything, man. But, <laughs> hey, we have not talked about Will Holden enough. We just haven't. So, I mean, it's definitely something uh, to talk about. It is definitely encouraging to know that he is getting the first looks right. in, in what I think. I think minicamp is about to end, right? It's about to end tomorrow? Yep. No, today yeah. was the last day. Today, Today was, was the, the last, last day. day. There yep. you go. Today was the last day, and we're not going to see the guys again until, what, late July or something when training camp yep, starts? late July. There you go. Yep. Guys are going to, you know, enjoy vacation, stay in shape, and they earned it. I think the league should start implementing this more. I thought they should have done this from the beginning. Uh, instead of trying to make everything mandatory, people have lives and everything. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything else to say unless uh, you have something else to add, Rashad. I just wanted to say, uh, I think seeing it on the last, very last day of OTAs could be a good sign that heading into training camp that Will Holden might have a slight edge on Sam Tevy based off what they saw the last two weeks. And real quick, real quick, I want to add something in before uh, you get in. So mm-hmm. I think this is a good sign because if I go back, and this this is just my analogy, okay? I'm not saying like I know this is how the Colts are going to do it, but going back to high school and you went through spring football, you would have about 15 days of spring football first five to eight, five to nine days. You're trying to figure out who you are as a player, where you're going to fit in the scheme. Uh, who are you going to beat out? Cause the seniors are gone already. You're trying to find your place. And in the last five days of practice, it's a consistent lineup, a consistent starting 11. And that's how it ends. And when two a day start in the summer, once, two-a-days and off-season programs start, that's where it continues. So I I think this is a good idea. I I would guess, I mean, I think common sense would probably tell you uh, that's how it works, that's how, that's how it's always worked in football, but that's just my analogy because clearly I didn't play in college or NFL, so that's just how I remember uh, high school, you know. I mean, I'm trying to get the, the, the starting Sam linebacker. I'm battling with a guy, and then the last – four days I'm the starting Sam linebacker and then all right guys we'll see you next time and then once summer workouts start two a days 
all right, Tarazas, come on. You're, right. you're out there. I'm like, oh, me? Like, right, yeah, Dave. get your ass out here. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> all right, come on, let's go, let's go. All right, yeah. yeah. So I, I think that's that 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 should uh, work itself out. Yeah, I agree totally. I agree totally. Uh, our next segment that we're going to talk about is going to be our One Call Technology segment of the day. One Call Technology is a managed telecom service provider whose senior staff has 100 plus years of experience in virtually every aspect of business communications. Some of the things they feature, they have business phone systems, installation and service, managed telecom service provider, telecom carrier management and high speed Internet. So head on over to One Call's website at www.onecalltech.com or give them a call at 888-585-8850 and tell them the Blue Stable sent you. They'll hook you up. All right. So, shout out One Call Technology. Yes, sir. All right. So, so the so next topic uh, we're going to get into is the safeties and corners room. That, that should be interesting because from a depth standpoint, I like it from a depth standpoint. I think we can use a little more talent on the top end at corner, but this is a big year for, for our young players. Mike, how do you feel about the corners? Let's start with the corners before we get into the safeties. It starts and ends with Rocky Sin. Yep. That's, I can't speak any more on it. I mean, that's just, it starts and ends with Rocky Sin. How do you feel? Got to, how do you feel about him and Mar Marvell Tell? Marvell Tell is interesting. Uh, the opt out from last year, which might have been a smart, a smart option because you know he had a lot of competition. You didn't know where you were going to fall. Um, you didn't want to risk, you know, not showing up greatly, and then hey, boom, you're cut, and that's it. So it was a smart decision. Sky Moore also made that decision. He'll be back. Uh, see what he's got. Try to compete for linebacker depth. But for Marvell Tell, man. I know the Colts have been very steady in trying to develop him. And clearly the opt-out kind of halted that, but you know, no one's faulting him for that. Uh, I don't think it actually holds him back that much. You can just look at it as, well, if he did play, where would he be right now? Well, we can still continue that work this year and then ask that question next year. That's how it can go. So Marvell tell, I am expecting, Oh man. It's just too early right now. I don't know what to expect yeah. until we get to training camp. We see how he's being used, what the coaching staff is asking him to do, what they could potentially be asking him, the sets, the schemes, the the fits that they're going to put him in. It's going to be very interesting once we uh, get out there and see that. But for him, I just look at strictly as a depth guy. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe if we have a tall, lanky receiver, he will match up there. If it's like, you know, a, a good game, considerable lead. But for Marvell Tell, I think it's just learn knowledge, knowledge, knowledge right now. Because you uh, you opted out and opting out knew you were going to halt your development. So he understood that. So getting it's back to uh, plan A, knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. And that's just what I would want him to focus on, just knowledge. Yeah, I mean, Marvell Tell is definitely behind the eight ball. You know, Rockerson is, is a year ahead him and his development. Rocky Sin has had a year with Xavier Rhodes that I'm sure was was definitely influential in, in his growth as a player. Marvell Tell has yet to experience that, really. He's just really getting to know Xavier and getting some of the tips that Xavier can offer him. But like you said, man, Rocky Sin, it's a proven year for him. I've been hearing Kenny Moore talk in the OTAs about 
He's expecting big things from Rockets. And Darius Butler came on our show and said he's guaranteeing that Rockets has a good has a good year this year and make some plays. Do you think they know something we don't know, or is they just hyping up Rock because you know he's a coach and they hoping that he does those things? Well, it is actually something that uh, it is actually something that they know and that I know as well. James Rowe is a pretty damn good football coach. I've been saying it on the show for a while. Uh, yeah. I I really trust what James Rowe is bringing everywhere he's gone. He has had production everywhere he has gone. He's gone with pros, scrubs, guys who didn't make it to the league. I mean, he, he's done it where he's gone. So I think, in my opinion, a lot of that has to do with understanding who is coaching these guys, understanding where this guy comes from, his knowledge of the game. And I wouldn't even be surprised if Darius Butler has already talked with James Rowe. I would not be surprised. I mean, he's probably understanding and like, hey, man, what's, what, what's you know, Rocky Sin is in question. Um, other, other young guys, what, what, what's the deal with that? And they had a conversation, in my opinion. So that's what, what I what I think about Rocky Sin. And you said it, it is a prove it year before he gets put on the trade block. It's a prove it year. Uh, Last year, like Chris Ballard said, you can't um, you can't study a player or grade a player play by play. You have to study him game by game. And there is validated validity. I want to say I said that said that right. There is validity to what he said. Uh, But sometimes as, as a fan, you really just from play to play. It is bad. From play to play, those are if you get beat on a 15-yard reception on a third and seven and then you get beat the next play for a touchdown, that's going to look bad. You are getting cooked. And those are the things that guys are going to want to look at. But where Chris Ballard's job comes in, he has discipline. He's not just going to look at those two plays. He's going to look at the whole entire game. Every snap rock was on the field. So, I, the biggest thing I want to see from Rock, man, stop all this damn grabbing, man. Stop. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I understand as a, um, you know, as a guy that's taken a couple of MMA classes, uh, you know, b- being in that realm, you're trained to react a certain way when someone's charging you. It's just instinct. It's not, it's not, it's just instinct. You've been doing it for so long. It's instinct. You can't do anything about it. It's just instincts inside you. As he plays more and more football at a competitive level, he continues to learn and get the grasp of it. All this grabbing, man, just, oh, man. And, yes, the the refs hated Rocky Sin for whatever reason last year. But there were some other times where, Rock, what in the world are you doing? You were right there for the INT. You were right there for the pass deflection. What, I mean, he picked off Aaron Rodgers. He baited him. Right. And he, he made a great play. So, with Rock, man, I really just want to see just to stop the grabbing. Stop the grabbing. Absolutely. I think uh, Rock is it's so important for Rock to have a good year because I think we have a couple of guys like Kenny Moore. Kenny Moore is a special type of guy in the slot. We, we know if he goes down, we have a guy like TJ Carey who has slot experience. We have Isaiah Wilson, Isaiah Rogers, I'm sorry, who has that type of ability to play in a slot as well. We don't have too much depth at boundary corner. Like it's either Xavier Rhodes and Rockerson, then Marvell Tell, then uh, we're kind of scratching our head. 
DJ Carey played a little bit. Uh, yeah. Played, played yeah. good outside. He did. He did. And, and ironically enough, people said in OTA so far, Carey has been lining up as the number two boundary corner. So I think they want to make Rock earn it. And I think that's that's a good thing. And Ballard, like you said, he doesn't judge you off one or two bad plays. He's a guy that want to see how you respond when adversity hit. And that's something him and Frank talk about a lot because they talk about Carson. They see when adversity hits, that's when we want to see how you respond to those type of things. So Rock, it's okay to get beat. I mean, it happens. He's been playing well in zone coverage. It's just when the man situation happens. And like you said, a guy is charging him. Maybe it's second nature with the wrestling background to just reach out and grab a guy. He kind of abandons his technique when a guy, when he thinks he's beat by a guy, but really he's right there in, in his hip. And you don't have to necessarily reach out and grab him. Just turn your head and locate, locate the guy. You may be right there and you don't have no idea because you're abandoning your technique and your fundamentals. So I think if, if Rock clean those things up, man, a guy like Xavier Rose, James Rowe is definitely instrumental. And I hope Darius Butler is talking to him because Darius Butler was a guy who, who caught a lot of interceptions in his career. So he's a guy that can tell you how to find a ball and attack the ball at the high point. I think if Rock starts to do that, he'll be just fine, man. Yeah, I mean, I can't I can't remember, man. Did Rocky Sin miss the wild card game in Buffalo? I don't think I don't yeah I don't think he played I don't think he played right okay so I was just remembering that I'm like how did he do against Stephon Diggs but I'm like I don't think I ever remember him playing I don't yeah because when Rose when Rose got hurt they bought Isaiah in. they bought Isaiah yeah. in. and that yeah. leads me to my next uh guy Isaiah Rogers when it comes to these guys that have proven it I want to see where you are as a player <sighs> I look at Isaiah Rogers because you look at that and you sit there and say what can this guy do? Well, I saw him go one-on-one and give Stefan Diggs some pretty good contested uh, plays back to back, back to back. back to back. And I'm sitting there looking at that. Stefan Diggs is a top five X receiver in this game. And you went toe to toe with him playoffs rookie. You stepped up. So guess what? I can see that you can do it. So now it's time to take all that motivation you had in it. It's easy to get up and go get motivated for Stefan Diggs rather than lining up against uh, what freaking LaVisca Chenault of all people. Like it's, <laughs> it's no disrespect. He had a rookie year, but um, right. no disrespect, but it, it's, it's easier to get up for those guys. But here's the difference. When you're a pro, you got to come on every play with that mindset so isaiah you showed me what you can do in those two plays i mean you were blanketing blanketing stefan even though i think there was an outrageous pi call i, I didn't agree with I, I, oh. I remember that correctly there was a stupid pi call i thought yeah. it was great coverage and yeah they got physical stefan got physical as well so the fact that you showed me that guess what now we're about to test you a little bit more. Now, you, now we're going to get one-on-ones with T.Y. Now you're going to get one-on-ones with Paris. Now you're going to get those. I am really – I'm honestly expecting more from Isaiah than I am Marvell Tell. I'm honestly expecting more because of what I think he can do because – probably because I've seen more from him than I have Marvell Tell, uh, to be honest. But I'm really – if there's one player that I'm actually eager to see – 
it's actually not Rocky Ascent. It is Isaiah Rogers for me. A lot of people, man, don't realize. And Mike, you could attest to this because you played sports. And, and this is with football and basketball. When you're not playing a whole game and have to get off the bench cold and just come into the game and play and perform, it is difficult to do. For him to get straight off the bench, not having played the snap defensively, and to get in there and guard, like you said, a top five receiver in the game, a guy who led the NFL in receiving yards, like he almost picked one of those balls off. Like he yes. barely dropped it. And that is extremely difficult to do because Josh Allen was smart. He went right after him immediately. And that's what you do. You go right after a guy that's getting off a bit, thinking that, okay, we're going to have success. They're bringing in a rookie to cover Stephon Diggs. Please, this is, this is a touchdown right here. And they went after him and he responded. And I know Chris Ballard, and Frank Wright have to be like, whoa, this this little kid that we thought was a slot cornerback got on a boundary and guarded Stephon Diggs one-on-one? We might have something. Similar to the fact that when they drafted Braden Smith thinking he was a guard, put him at right tackle only to find out, oh, okay, he, he's one of the best right tackles in the league. You may have something with Isaiah Rogers. I know he's not the prototypical boundary, big, long corner that you like, but he's earned at least a shot. And I think he ought to be able to compete for that cornerback spot. I mean, I know it's a two-man competition from what people, or three-man maybe between Carey, Rock, and Tell. I think Isaiah Rogers has shown enough to be at least considered to go into training camp and go into preseason and get the right to fight for that spot, man, because he's so fast, even when he's beat, his closing speed allows him to make a couple of mistakes in technique. He has that type of speed and we've seen it on kickoff returns and he has the ability to close gaps really quickly. And I think that's something that this team needs, especially at the cornerback position. We need speed. And I think the biggest thing out of all of this is what are the Colts going to ask him to do? What are they truly going to ask him to do? Because you could be a corner, but you could just specifically be there for special teams. Like that's literally what it can be. And I know, we have this mantra in, in sports that next man up, that is true. But let's all be honest, not everyone gets coached the same way. And I, I can I, I can attest to that. And I mean, sometimes e- even in high school, I, I haven't gone farther than high school, so I'm speaking from high school experience, but the coaches want to focus on the varsity guys. You know, if mm-hmm. you're a starter, they're going to coach you, coach you, coach you when you're going through drills. But if we have the JV guys behind us doing a drill, they don't get at them as much. I'm just like, and I, I got into an argument with one of, one of my coaches one time because I asked them, and it was after practice. It wasn't in front of the guys. I'm just like, hey, man, why don't, like, you're just so nonchalant with these JV guys. I don't think they're getting better. And then immediately he got butthurt, just like, oh, you, you, you're just trying to call into my coaching. I'm just like, but you're getting onto me. You're getting onto Chris. You're uh, Chris was one of my guys. Get onto Chris and you're not looking at them. You're not teaching them harder than you're teaching us. You should be teaching them harder than they're teaching us because they're going to have to fill our spot. Like, what is going on? We had a whole argument. It's about what these coaches are going to be trying to teach Isaiah because they're going to get on Rock. They're going to get on Xavier. But are they coming with Isaiah with that same energy? James Rose specifically, Are they? is he going to come at Isaiah with the same energy, if not more? Because I just... I just think it's important to coach your bench guys twice as more than it is the starters, in my opinion. And that's one of the most important things in football. You have to get these guys 
much more knowledgeable, much more reps. And that's what I would do if, if I was a coach. You're a starter for a reason. I, you understand. But these guys behind you that just got to the league, these guys, they're going to have to fill your spot if you can't go. So I'm going to spend twice that more, as much film work with them, twice as much after practice reps with them. That's just the nature of it when it comes to these depth guys, Marvell, Tell, Isaiah Rogers, and even these linebackers, because that, that's a question in depth as well. What are they going to be asking these guys to do? So when it comes to the corners, I am really, really eager to see Isaiah Rogers. I, I am. I, I'm I'm not calling myself a hater or anything, but I'm just like, I, I'll see it when I see it with, with Rocky Sin. I'll see it when I see yeah. it with Isaiah, man. He's still young. He's still growing. He's still learning. I'm really excited to see what, what what he's got in store. And there's a term for that, Mike. That 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 was awesomely put. And there's a term for that. It's called player development. And that is an aspect of a position coach. Like that is the biggest aspect. You have to be able to develop players, like not just the stars, not just the first round draft picks. What are you doing with these undrafted free agents? What are you doing with these six round picks, these seven round picks? What are you doing with these guys? Because these are guys that we feel like have the potential but need to be developed. And that's where you earn your bones as a coach. Like, that's what I like to talk to my brother about. I don't want to talk to him about Aaron Donald. It, it's, we know what Aaron Donald is. Like, it's obvious. He's great. Talk to me about the undrafted free agent kid that you signed named Mike Hoyt that didn't play a snap last year because you was developing him. But this year, you got plans to put him in as a rotational player. And you worked on this and you worked on that. Now I want to see his development because that's where the real coaching comes in. You take a guy like Isaiah Rogers, who's a late round draft pick, a guy that you think is just a special team standout, but turn him in and mold him into something. Because like you said, they got guys that's just here for special teams. Let's be honest. George Odom is listed as a safety. But what is he? He's a special teams guy. He's not a safety in our defense. Now, maybe he may go somewhere and he has success. I'm not speaking on that, man. I'm not limiting him to anything. I'm just saying with this coach team right here, they view him as a special teams guy. And if they didn't, they wouldn't have went out and drafted a safety and signed a safety, which leads us to the safety room since we're talking about it anyway. How do you feel about this safety room as a whole? I know the starters were pretty much locked, but I think the coach really wanted to run more three safety sets last year in the nickel, but they wasn't able to because they didn't feel like they had a reliable third safety. We got Milligan coming back. Maybe he can do something. We signed Sean Davis from Pittsburgh. Maybe he can do something. We drafted Sean Davis from the University of Florida. Maybe he can do something. How do you feel about this safety run? Oh, man. I'll start with George Odom. And this is exactly what I said. I don't know what the coaching staff is asking George Odom to do. Like when you get to those offseason workouts, when you get to mini camp, it, it starts right there. Look, man, this coming season, when you get into those position meetings, because those coaches already had those meetings, they already talked about what they want players to do. Now, when you get into team meeting or position meetings, now you start talking to your guys. All right, Darius, you're going to stick to your spot. But since Anthony Walker is gone. EJ, I want you to be the backup now. But Sam and Zaire, uh, we'll work you in and out. That's basically politely saying that you're not going to be in the game plan. Oh, oh before you get to the uh, next point, guess who worked out as the starting Sam today? Guess who was the starting Sam in the line, defensive lineup? EJ? Zaire. Hey, I've been – I said Zaire over, uh, I think, the last couple of episodes before, so – I mean, mm -hmm. it, 
I, I know people keep talking about George Odom and Ashton Doolin on special teams, but I remember seeing Zaire Franklin all. I, I, I get it. Doolin and Odom are good, mm-hmm. but I remember seeing 44 on yeah. my TV screen. I yeah. remember that punt return, kickoff return, lighten dudes up. I remember that. So I'm all for Zaire Franklin getting the same spot. I love it because these are just guys that don't get looked at enough. I love the guys that come in, that work hard, don't get that respect, but now they're starting to get those opportunities. Mm-hmm. Zaire, he's done the work on it. I can tell you that he has done the work on it. So great point right there, Rashad. Uh, t- to George Odom again, I mean, like I said, this is where it starts, and it just depends on what the Colts are asking him to do this year. I honestly think they should ask him to do more, in my opinion. If you ask them to do more, you wouldn't need to have wasted a draft pick. Well, I wouldn't say wasted because I, I don't want to. I know what you mean, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, know what you mean. I, I don't, I don't want to trash a rookie or anything, but it wasn't right. a wasted pick. But if you just asked George Odom to say, hey, man, we want you to play safety, consistent safety minute, not, not minutes, plays, reps, we want you to do that. And I, I just don't know if that's gonna if that's gonna happen. I mean, go back to Kansas City, man. He had a great game as a safety, playing yeah. both safety spots, man. Like he's shown that he can do it. Why are we not putting that on his plate more? And honestly, I know everybody was making a big deal about him on what he was doing on Twitter, but I'm with him. He's shown that he can do it. Why are we not asking him to do more? Why? I don't get it. I don't get it. He has been here. He's done everything you asked, Chris. He's done everything you've asked him to. But you keep bringing in other guys. It's I understand. I'm not going to say I understand, but I get it. I can put myself in a player's shoes and just be like, I'm out here working my ass off on special teams. I've put in tape at the safety position. And yet you keep bringing in rookies to take my spot that I'm trying to work for. Coaches are spending more time with the rookie than they are with me. I'm an all damn pro. What has that dude done? I'm all pro. Only two other guys on this team can say that. Where's my respect? Where's my work ethic? Where's my opportunities? I know I'm probably going on a rant here. I'm speaking up for George. I want to see him in a bigger role safety-wise because he has, I think he has that talent. I know Destin has harped on him before, but come on, man. Let's give opportunities out. Come on. We talk about competition, competition, but it's more like we're going to bring our favorites in and keep these guys here, you know, just to fill out the roster. Right. And I, I don't like that, man. I, I don't like that at all. So I'll, I'll say that first for George. George is, is an interesting guy. Like, he's built the team a few years now, and, and he has done everything that they've asked him to do. So that's why I'm saying this is either have to be one of two things. It has to either be an Eberflus thing, where Eberflus just don't like him in, the, in our system, particularly on defense. Oh, surprise. <laughs> or it's... Maybe they just don't. Maybe he they have asked him to do more at safety in practice, and they saw something that we haven't saw yet. Right, and right. they know and something. Totally we fair. Totally and I think fair. maybe that's what it could be because there's no way, like you said, this guy's an all pro. Granted, it's a special teams all pro, but that guy has talent. So 
If he's not getting that opportunity, we know you like to run three safety sets. This guy was on your team. He was healthy all season. You didn't use him as the third safety, not one time. It has to be, you only play George Odom when, when you're in a pinch. You're in a bind, somebody goes down, then you know he comes in. I like our top two, of course, Julian Blackman. I, I expect him to take a leap. I expect Kahari Willis to be Mr. Consistent, as he always is. I like the fact that both of the safeties are interchangeable. Both of them can play over the top. Both of them can play in a the box. They come up and tackle. They cover well. I'm, I'm not worried. That's one of the positions that I'm not worried about. But as far as finding a third safety, if you had to give it to one of the guys right now, who are you leaning to aside from George Odom? Because we kind of know how they feel about him. How do you feel about both Sean Davises that's, that's going to be entering the locker room? coming from completely different perspectives. Dude, I got to go with the veteran Sean Davis. I mean, what yeah, has me this too. rookie proven? What, what is, right. I mean, not again, not trashing him, but what has he proven? Again, I want him to fix his tackling technique because if he keeps on tackling like that in the league, bigger dudes, dude, he's going to get his neck broken. That's yes. just, he yeah. needs to fix that. He yeah. needs to. I When people keep saying that he lights people up, I went back and watched his, t- I didn't see lighting up. I just saw some good tackles that were good angles and a mm-hmm. lot of overrunning angles. That's yeah. what I saw. But again, Chris Ballard is better miles ahead of me for, for the rookie man. Mm-hmm. Dude, I am going to be flabbergasted if they put a bigger responsibility on this rookie than they do George Odom. I am going to be flabbergasted, man. If I, if we somehow get that info, and they confirm that, dude. I, I don't get this world, man. I, think, um, I don't know, bro. I hope it's looking best, like I, that. I hope the best for this rookie, obviously. But when it comes to the veteran man, he's been he, – he's shined in the red zone. That's where his bread and butter is. So, mm-hmm. honestly, if I'm actually speaking X and, X's and O's, I my heart wants to go with the veteran. But, honestly, I'm actually going to go with the rookie, the guy who's probably a little bit more athletic. We know the Sean guy – He's a red zone guy. And hey, that's that's there's nothing wrong with that. Your specialty is in the red zone. Then guess what? When they get inside the 20 and imagine if we get to the Super Bowl, you're going to be playing big time snaps. Yeah. Big time snaps. So there, there's your role right there. Execute for the rookie Sean Davis. Uh, I think he's a little bit more athletic than the veteran uh a little bit faster so it's going to be about i think as a coverage safety he's had good moments in coverage he under he's understood a little uh you know the the route concepts that these uh offenses are running in college and they're not that complicated in college uh so it it's it goes hand in hand a little bit but in the nfl it's gonna be about hey i mean safeties are learning quick in indy in the ballard era safeties are learning quick so Hey, who knows? Who knows? Uh, so I think I I just might roll with the rookie, Sean Davis, on this one. My head is telling me that, but my heart wants to say the veteran. Mm-hmm. But recent history tells us these young safeties are learning quick. Yeah, man. And Chris Ballard spoke so highly about him. I was shocked. I mean, I, not to say shocked. I mean, they did draft him, so obviously they thought highly of him. But the way Chris Ballard spoke, Chris Ballard said he literally sees him as a starter like he think he has starter potential you know and he say he think his floor is a rotational safety so obviously Ballard thinks uh, very highly of this guy I mean he played in the SEC he forced quite a bit a, a few turnovers but like you say he has to clean up the tackling man he he plays so reckless 
with his body when it comes to tackling. He's not squaring up. He's not keeping his head up. He, he's literally destroying his shoulder. His head is down. He can easily break his neck. He can hurt himself or someone else tackling that way. And I think he, he, he has to clean that up. And I'm sure that the coaches are on him about that because, if, like you say, they're miles ahead of us. So if we noticed it, trust me, they know it. They just probably like that he's fearless when he is going in to make the tackle. There's no half-stepping. There's no hesitation. He's thumping. And I think they like that fact that he can thump and he's a guy that can, can cover from sideline to sideline. You know, uh, he has big play potential. So I can see why you lean in, in that direction because, like you said, young safeties have had success in the ballot era. Just look at our starting two safeties. That's a, They're going to be second and third year guys. And, and those guys started day one, you know, like pretty much day one. So I think I'm, I'm going to go with the veteran Sean Davis. I'm going to go with the veteran guy from Pittsburgh. I mean, he has starting experience. He had his position took when he went down with an injury. I think he's finally really healthy for the first time. And I think that experience is what's going to be the difference. I'm not sure if Ballard want to put three young guys out there. If you can have a guy that has some experience to go out there with your two young studs, I think you put him in there. He's not as fast as, as the rookie, and, but he's a lot smarter as far as he, the angles he take, route distribution. He understands all of that. And he played on a successful defense in Pittsburgh for a long time. So the amount of knowledge that he's got from Tomlin and those other guys, I think is going to be real influential in his role in the defense. It's up to Eberflus. Eberflus, it's his job to use these guys the correct way and allow these guys to play to their strength. Now, if he can do that consistently, then I think it's no reason for this secondary not to take a step up from where they was last year if all of these guys is used correctly in the defense. Yeah, for this, for the rest of this whole offseason and for the rest of this whole offseason leading into training camp, I'm going to keep Matt Aberflus out of my mouth. I feel like I'm just going to get in trouble. Um, but yeah, don't get us in talk. trouble. Yeah, don't get us in trouble. I, I, I will talk about James Rowe and these other coaches, though, because talking about these other two safeties, Kari Willis and Julian Blackman, look, man, look, it's probably a little premature. But not looking at paper, because the average fan looks on paper, they're like, who the hell is Kari Willis and Julian Blackman? Yeah. But watching tape, this is one of the better safety tandems in the league already. Young, fast, can tackle. Can I think cover. they'd be top five. Yes, one of the I best. Think so. And I think so. I mean, they're just getting started, dude. And, oh, man, I'll start with Julian Blackman. Great rookie year surprising rookie year none of us expected him to play like that um i didn't expect I, I going into last season i was asking the question more terms in of malik hooker what if malik hooker is not playing well and by week seven julian blackman starts playing and he takes his spot that was my my consensus that was my opinion i never saw him coming in week two and playing the way he played. Dude, he had, what, an interception and two big-time pass deflections? Yep. Like, he had – and that, I think they were both on Adam Thielen. That, yeah. I mean, this dude made his mark. Now, what's going to be interesting, as a rookie who got a lot of praise from the fan base, not from national media, who got a lot of praise, a lot of playing time, 
what's going to happen now? How do you better yourself? How do you elevate your play? Because a young guy can sit there and say, man, I've done a lot. I can rest on my laurels now and just go out there and, hey, man, things are going to things are gonna come my way. you got to work for it. you got to work for it. And, hey, man, these guys don't get to the NFL because they think things just come to them. Let's get that, let's get that straight. Um, I want to give Julian Blackman his credit. And what he's been able to do, uh, what the Colts are going to ask him to do, I think is going to be bigger because I think he's going to be our number one safety. Kari Willis is going to be down in the box, uh, so. you know, uh, taking care of the run game. And if you're paying, playing a pass-heavy team, he will be back in coverage, which he is very good at as well. So when it comes to Julian Blackman, how can you elevate yourself? And in my opinion, uh, obviously talent, but a lot of football is just knowledge. Yeah. knowledge 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 how much more knowledge can you get how much more knowledgeable can you become of this defense of your role and other guys role because he is a leader in my mind and a leader would sit there and say hey this is your guy Kari. hey man this is your guy hey xavier look this is what they're it looks like this is what they're about to run you're gonna pass him off to me don't chase pick up that wheel route that that's how it's going to be so i would just want to see how much knowledgeable julian blackman can get you hit the nail on the head man his development from year one to year two and i think it starts right now in otas this is where you get your knowledge you see where everybody's lined up you build these relationships with these guys and remember this is going to be his first off season where he has a full off season because he was injured last year. He was rehabbing during the offseason last year, trying to get that knee right. And he ended up being able to play way sooner than we thought he would, and he was very productive. So just like he's going to have to study, teams are studying his tendencies too. And we kind of saw toward the end of the year, he wasn't quite as productive. He, was, he had some potential, you know, some plays that he made early on, but he wasn't able to really – make those big plays like he did in the beginning of the season because teams got a little used to what he was doing. So I think it's going to be big for him to be able to study, study, study this offseason, become so knowledgeable of the defense. You know, not only your responsibility, you know, Kahari's, you know what Xavier's supposed to be doing, you know what Kenny's supposed to be, you know what Rock's supposed to be, and you're directing those guys because you're pretty much seeing the whole field. Everything is in front of you. That's your job. So you need to be able to make those calls and read and see certain formations and know what routes and what route concepts is coming out of this formation. Okay, we studied this guy. They're in, you know, 11 personnel. We know what they like to do in 11 personnel. Let's attack this. Let's look for this. Be on the look for this. Like, those are the type of things that take you from a good safety to a great safety. And I think these two these two guys, Kahari and Julian Blackman, I got them right behind Micah Hyde and Jordan Poirier. You know, I think they can be that good, like two Pro Bowl caliber guys if they put it all together this season. I'm expecting a real big year from the safeties, man. Definitely. With, with Kari Willis, um, man, it's crazy because you you really don't think much of Kari as the average fan. And right. Kari, man, I really want to see where he goes in this run game. Because Anthony Walker is going to be, he's not coming here. So you're, you would think your defense, your run defense kind of took a hit. I know we added 
Quiddy Pay and Dio will be healthy eventually, um, so, so forth and so on. But a good run game always consists of a hybrid safety that they, they always have those. And you got to have a guy that can come down, that can play coverage, covers, cover the slots, cover the tight ends, the running backs, but also blitz and get home cover. You know, if, um, if a lineman is going to stunt, take out your Sam linebacker, you're right there to fill that gap when, once it's open and you make the play. So I really want to see where he, he goes there. Uh, getting stronger, obviously getting just staying healthy with Kari, man, dude, I, I, I mean, I just re- realized once again, man, I love talking defense. I love oh, yeah. talking. Oh yeah. Defense, and I, I love it. I, I played oh, that yeah. side of the ball. I love it. When I'll get up for offense, obviously that's what scores points, but man, I'll talk defense any day, any day. But um, yeah. yeah, staying on Kari here, I think, Oh man, with Kari, it's it, it's crazy because I honestly don't think the Colts have asked too much of him, honestly. Because mm. play coverage, you think he can do more. Do, yeah, I think can he do more? Yes, yes. Let's say for the sake of argument, knocking on wood here, Julian Blackman goes down for a game or two. Now, Sean Davis, I believe, is gonna go into that hybrid role because that role is where you're not gonna ask a lot on a rookie. You're not gonna ask him to play coverage, play the middle of the field, you know, actually scout the D because he's the guy that's reading the whole offense. The linebacker is there reading where the tight end is, where's this slot, where's that running back. That's the main things you're looking at as a linebacker. Where's the strong side? Where's the weak side? Where are these guys lined up as a safety? Man, you're looking at everything. I want to see Kari Willis step into that role in uh, either the Sean Davis, depending on which one it is. If it's mm-hmm. the rookie, put him down low. Put him in the box. You're not going to ask too much of him in that regard. When it comes to Kari, leadership. I want to see leadership. That's what I want to see. You're the third man, you're, you're the third guy in there. You're probably not the leader in the secondary. You got Xavier. You got Kenny. Vets. Got those. But in the safety room, what are you going to be? Because Xavier Rhodes isn't going to be in that meeting room. Kenny Moore's not going to be in that meeting room. Are you the guy that's stepping up? Are you the guy in instructing, teaching Julian Blackman, getting him, getting in extra film room? Hey, man, dinner at my place, bring the ladies. But, hey, afterwards, we going in that man cave, we going to watch some film. Is he right. going to be that type of leader? That's what I'm wanting to see in Hope, well, obviously, can't see that. I mean, I don't right. have to follow him around. But, I mean, I would. those are just some behind-the-scenes that players actually do. That That is a real thing that in, in that nature. Great point, man. And you touched on a lot of great things, so I'm going to be pretty brief with Kyrie. Kyrie is business as usual. You know, business as usual, Mr. Fundamental, don't get talked about, always in the right place, always making the plays you need him to make. Doesn't necessarily make the splashy plays, always makes the correct play. Doesn't mind sacrificing himself for his teammates. He allows everyone to do their job, and he does his job really well. One thing I want to see from him is him be more vocal. I need to see him be more vocal on the field, talk to your players. Communication is key. And I even heard Kenny Moore say in OTAs when he was asked a question about the secondary, he said, communication wise we wasn't where we should we needed to be so for him to say that that must have was a real problem a real issue that nobody even knew about or nobody even spoke on but you can tell from watching the play 
even from the first game of the season, we play in Jacksonville and we're giving up seven and eight yard easy completions to Gardner Minshew and the Jacksonville Jaguars. That was inexcusable. People rolled with the it's the first game of the season thing. And that's cool. OK, well, why are people throwing these completing these soft, short passes against us without any pass rush? There's no excuse for that. Eberflus has to make the adjustment, has to tighten the coverage, and that need to be communicated amongst each other. If, if the coaches is not making the adjustments, then it need to be the players that suggest these type of things to the coaches. And like you said, Kahari is the he's the veteran of the safety group. He's more experienced than Julian. Sean Davis is coming. Oh, Ro- Roland Milligan, he's just opted out. He's just coming back. Like he's the veteran. He's the lead dog in the safety room and he has to act like it i mean i know he's a quiet guy you know just goes about his business but we need him to be more vocal and i think that's when he'll take the next step as a player and i look forward to seeing it man because the sky the sky's the limit for that guy great 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 secondary defensive talk right there getting into our last segment of the night guys we thank you for uh for sticking with us this far, guys. We hope you're enjoying the content. Go ahead and push the subscribe button. Leave a thumbs up. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave a rating and review. We would truly appreciate that, guys. So, once again, I mean, this is going to be our last segment. So, there's been some talk about Carson Wentz, more because he's been doing media availability. Uh, Oh, look, he's happy. Oh, look, he's a leader. I mean, this is really just stuff that's fueled from Eagles fans. Let's be honest here. Uh, They're more... They're not upset that Carson went sucked. Uh, they're more upset that they're left with Jalen Hurts. That's that, that's what they're upset about. <laughs> so let, let, let's be honest there. And right here, I'm, I'm actually curious, man, because, you know, I've asked a couple of these questions before in the past. A lot of people, you know, give us a great record uh, prediction because of what we think Carson can be. Okay, but... There is a chance. There is a real possibility Carson Wentz doesn't succeed in Indy. He doesn't. There's a, there's a real possibility of that. So my question is, and this is something that actually might be really fun to get into. If Wentz doesn't succeed in Indy, can, and let's say, let's just talk year one. If the first three games are just horrible, man, he's getting annihilated. He can't figure out Seattle's defense. LA's defense is getting after him. He's throwing interceptions. Let's just say that for the sake of argument. Can Jacob Eason, mainly Jacob Eason or Sam Ellinger succeed in the starting role? Rashad, I'll let you start here. Succeed. By succeed, you mean do something similar to what, let's say, Justin Herbert did. Play winnable football. Play winnable football. Um, I'm going to be flat honest here. I don't think he can. I don't think he's ready yet at this point in time. I think if Carson Wentz, for some reason, can't succeed here, I don't think Jacob Eason's going to be able to step into those shoes with that type of pressure and that type of magnitude and play winnable football for this team. Now, I do think maybe he can develop into something, and I think it would be great for his development heading into next season. But I think the coach don't really believe Jacob Eason is really ready to step up into that role because you don't draft another quarterback that soon unless you feel like, hey, maybe this is not the guy. 
Maybe he can make some plays. You know, he can make some throws. We know he got the arm, the laser rocket arm. But seeing him step up into a situation, this is a playoff team. Anything less than the playoffs is considered a failure. Now, do I think Jacob Eason can play decent? Yeah, I think he can make plays here and there. But to play winnable football for a playoff team with that brutal of a schedule, I don't see it being successful. I see him making some strides towards his development if that happens. But I think at that point, if Carson Wentz stinks it up that early in the season and we're on three and, and he has, let's say, two touchdowns and five interceptions, I think they think so little as far as Jacob Eason being ready. I think they would ride with Carson Wentz. Just just ride with it till it's completely off the rails to maybe about six or seven Man. games in the seasons. I so think they will. So you're telling me they're going to tank for Derek Stingley Jr.? Man, I would love it. I would love it. Bring on Derek Stingley Jr. That's what I want. All right, Carson. Look, man, I love you. Great guy. But, hey, let's tank for Stingley. Tank for Stingley. Okay. Have to you get really that. want Stingley. You really want Stingley. That is a bad man, dude. That Have you seen that man play football? He goes to LSU. I live in New Orleans. There you go. This man <laughs> is going to be a top three prospect, if not the best prospect in next it's year. Possible. It's possible. It's, it's possible. possible. It's possible, depending on what we see out of these he, quarterbacks. He would have been the best corner in this draft and the draft, previous draft with Okuda went. Was oh, yeah. He's better than Okuda. He's better, he's better than, than J.C. Horn. He, oh, yeah, my he's gosh, better. dude. This dude is yes. – he, he's he's – Probably the next Jalen Ramsey, probably. I can I, see it. I can I see it. Give him that much praise. I can oh, see it. Man, I'm already getting excited, man. Look at me. Uh, <laughs> already getting excited. So, you, man, you if, when you said if we start out 0-3 and we just ride it, man, look at my face. I got happy. I just started thinking, man, so we're guaranteed a top three spot in the draft. <laughs> Bring on Derek Sting. Long as we make sure, long as we make sure Carson don't play 75% of the snaps now. We don't want to give our pick to the Eagles. Right. You know what? Yeah. Sam Ellinger season. You know <laughs> Josh Freeman season. Oh, wait, no. We're going to give you what you always wanted. Chad Kelly. All right, I'm logging out. <laughs> <laughs> Chad Kelly to the rescue, man. Oh, Take my God. But No, that's too early to be talking about that. But No. Uh, but what do you think? What do you think uh, would be the plan if, if Carson Wentz just completely stunk, stunk it up? Well, there is a legitimacy to what you said about what they think about Eason. Look, I understand we always talk about competition, competition, but guys, conversations behind closed doors about what could this guy really be do happen. Can this guy ever be ready? Those conversations do happen, and it's a possibility those conversations have happened with Jacob Eason. Chris Ballard has not given – I know he spoke good things about him, but he has not tipped his hat to him football-wise. He hasn't. He said that he has a big arm, but a lot of guys have big arms. Jamie Newman had a big arm, but where did he go in this past Oh, gosh. Jordan Love had a big arm, but I don't think he'll succeed in the NFL. I just don't, which is why I was all the way out on him in last year's draft even though a certain guy kept trying to push that narrative and wanted to block me for just speaking some facts. But hey, really? Yeah, I, I just, you know, I, I don't want to throw any names out there, but, oh, <laughs> man, it just happened to be a locked 
on conversation. Let's okay. Just, okay. Let, let's just you. say, let's just say that. Okay. <laughs> let's just say that. But um, getting into Jacob Eason and Sam Ellinger, look, uh, I believe there was a report out earlier this week. Again, I, I, I can't remember who wrote this story, so I'm not going to uh, say any names to give wrong credibility to, but it was written that Jacob Eason has a grasp of this offense now. He does. And obviously he will be the next man up. Now, I'm not going to say he's going to come in here and be the next Colin Kaepernick who just takes the, the league by storm. Uh, not in the way Colin did when it comes to running and being at that athletic, but just coming out and showing out. Uh, I'm not going to say he's going to be that, but hey, man, there's still, even with Carson Wentz as our quarterback, there is still a lot of curiosity in me to see what Jacob Eason is because let's say, knock on wood again, Carson Wentz gets hurt four games and Jacob Eason goes 4-0 and you make the decision, let's roll with Carson. Now, guess what? teams might actually want to trade for Jacob. They just might now. So guess what? Now we got draft cap. Yeah, go ahead. Give, give me that check. This is what I want. Yeah, you thought he was going to get him free. Nope. Right, right. You, you about to get him on a $400,000 contract. You were right. about, to, you about to hand over the goods. That's what's about yeah. to happen right now. So Franchise quarterback? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, 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 I want to see what Jacob Eason can do. I mean, I, I just, I got love for Carson, man, but me too, me too. I want to see what Jacob can do. I want to see this. And yes, we are going to get to see that in the preseason, all yep. three preseason games. Absolutely. I don't expect Carson to, honestly, I don't expect him to play in the, in the three preseason games. I don't. So I think Jacob will start all the way. Um, but can he be successful? Can he succeed in this role? I mean, offensive line, running game, the same thing we, we say for Carson. There is no excuse. And if he got this opportunity, he better take the bull by the horns, rip it off and plaque it in his garage. He, he better take it. When it comes to Sam, oh, Jesus. Uh, man, if we go with Sam, man, we're really taking. Derek Stingley is really coming to Indianapolis. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nothing, nothing against Sam again. Our prayers are with him and his family, man. It's so, so hard to focus on football right now, but I commend him um, for, for I, he's back in Indy. Yeah. Yep. He's at, at OTA. He's yep. at OTA. So dude, that is, I don't know if I'd be able to go to right. Me neither. I, I, Me neither. I really don't. Uh, so uh, prayers with him. Heart goes out to him with Sam, man, watching him at Texas Never thought he had the biggest arm. Never thought he had the most accurate arm. I didn't. But, man, dude, this guy, the heart of a lion, the heart oh, of yeah. a warrior. Um, if, let's say, if he was to have to come into the game for a quarter or a game, what would the game plan be, man? It would have, It would have to be nothing but rpos it would have to be nothing but bootleg it would have to be nothing but bootleg because he has to get a good momentum going rolling out to get a good throw in that's when his best throw that's where his best throws come when he's on the on the run okay that's when the best throws come when you when you ask him to sit in the pocket you're you're drafting number two overall or number one i'm telling you right now uh but if 
if he was to come in, obviously a lot of run plays, again, RPOs. I think he, I think he's actually really good in that department when it comes to RPOs because at mm-hmm. Texas, he did that a lot. And he really baited the linebacker some real good time. Even when he played TCU, hey, man, he baited Garrett Wallow a little bit. He ba- he baited uh, Kari Cole, all, all these guys. I mean, he baited some guys. So, hey, um, but in terms of arm talent, man, I just don't know what you would – I mean, would he even be active? I, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think you will. If J- Jacob Eason wasn't active with Jody, right. Jacoby Brissett on the roster, I don't think Sam will be active with Jacob on the roster. Now, if Sam is active and we got three quarterbacks, man, they – no, Jacob Eason's never going to play in Indianapolis. Right. If they, if they truly have exactly. Sam active, that they're basically saying – Exactly. If they have Sam active, yeah, Sam is active. They're literally saying, Jacob, we just can't trust you right now. So you might play, but this guy is going to be ready after you. Exactly. That's where I'm at. I think if Sam played two things, one, I think it'll be fun as hell. Probably in a bad way, good way. It'll be fun, though. Like, it'll be fun. And point number two is I think they bought Sam Ellinger in because they know Frank Wright caters his offense to around his quarterback. Just like he had the quick rhythm stuff when it was when it was uh, Phillip Rivers, that quarterback, get the ball out quick, no mobility at all. So it was no bootlegs, no RPOs. But now that he has Carson, a guy that's athletic, a guy that can move, he's going to roll Carson out, do some play action, bootlegs, RPOs. No one else can do that? Sam. No one can't do that? Jacob Beeson, he's a big statue. He's a guy that fires the ball. He thrives in the pocket. So that's what you leave Jacob Beeson. But if you want a guy that's going to run the similar offense that you're running with Carson Wentz, then Sam would probably be the better choice for that as far as that goes because he can do things with his legs. He can get out and move. Sam, arm talent is, oh, boy, um, not good. Let's just say that. It's not good. It's not what you want in your quarterback. You know, it is he's a guy that's gonna win. And if he's gonna win, he's gonna win off heart. He's gonna make all the plays that you're gonna see a guy escape the pocket. He's gonna run, he's gonna dive for the end zone, he's gonna take a hit, he's gonna fight for extra yards, things you don't want your franchise quarterback to do, but that's just the way he plays, man. He he has the will and heart of a giant. And I respect that about him. He won at he won in college, he won in high school. He was very productive. He knew how to use what he has. He doesn't try to be anything that he's not. He doesn't stand in the pocket and try to throw the ball 50, 60 yards down the field. He rolls out. He makes plays with his legs. And I think that's the best way to use Sam. But let's be honest here. Jacob Eason, if he's anything what he should be at this point in his development, he should lock down that number two quarterback spot. And like you say, Sam shouldn't even be dressing. Yeah, I mean, Jacob Eason, if he's running second team, he's going to be getting Paris Campbell. He's going to be getting Zach Paschal. He's going to be getting these guys. Sam Ellinger is going to be getting Desmond Patman, uh, Ashton Doolin. So Doolin uh, is making yeah. the team. All right. Okay. I see. No, I'm you're talking coming around. About, no, you're coming along. no, I'm talking about along. like in terms of the third team, because if you're yeah. on the third team, you ain't making the roster. Um, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's that. That's where I'm at with that. But yeah, me too. hey, man. I mean, if you get Julio, you know, Damn. there is truly no need 
to have just a special teamer in the wide receiver room. So, um, mm. but again, I'm still very curious to see what, what Jacob Eason does. I'm very curious to see preseason. I fully anticipate him, anticipate him starting all three games uh, or maybe even if he's actually performing well, I wouldn't be surprised if they sat him the third game and just started Sam Ellinger. I wouldn't be surprised at all. You got to, yeah. if you have see something good in your backup, Hey man, we got to protect this guy too. Jacob, sit down, man, sit down. We got to protect you. Never know what can happen. So um, can they, can Jacob Easton succeed? I think he can. I think I'm going to leave it at that. I think he can. I'm not giving a definite yes. I'm not giving a definite no. I think he, he can. If he was in Jacksonville, man, I would be all the way. No, but you have the offensive line, you have the coach, you have the weapons around you. It's really hard for a quarterback. It's it, no, it's not very hard. It's very telling if a quarterback comes into this situation and fails. Very telling. I'll just say that. So I'm not. I'm not sure if you have anything else to, to add on this last time. No, man, I'm good as far as the quarterback debate goes but right, let's just right. hope none of that happens let's just hope none of that happens and Carson comes out here and light it up this season hey man I'm all for team chaos I want total chaos man oh, I God. want it all I want it all I want Julio fighting uh with, with with the Colts I want Frank Wright winning coach of the year I want Jacob Eason leading us to a Super Bowl I'm all for team chaos Naheem Hines becoming running back one, man, team chaos, man. Like I said, nothing but total chaos. So, guys, um, oh, man, guys, I'm kind of – I'm back and forth with NBA and NFL right now, man. I do another show. I'm so hyped for, for, for that, and I'm just so focused on NBA right now. I just can't stop looking at this TV. I can't stop thinking about tomorrow night. Oh my gosh, man. I can't wait. Um, I, I just can't hold my excitement. So guys, thank you again for listening to this episode of the Blue Stable Podcast presented by Fansided, the official podcast of Fansided. Once again, shout out to our guy, our brother, Destin Adams. Uh, we're proud of you. You're going to be a man. You're finally, you're not there yet, but you're about to become <laughs> a man. Um, proud of you, man. <laughs> proud of my son. He's doing so good. <laughs> He's growing up. I, 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 oh, speaking I, of sons, uh, congratulations, Michael Pittman Jr. Had his baby today. Hey, Michael and Kiana, man. Michael and Kiana yes, Pittman, uh, they are parents now. And it's yep. so crazy because if you don't watch their YouTube channel, then yeah, it, it, this is personal for me. That's how, right. deep, that's how deep the relationship goes. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, hey, uh, Michael Pittman, because I'm about to plug you, you better come on this podcast. Go subscribe to Michael and Keon on YouTube. Uh, yes, I just sir. shouted you out, so guess what? You're coming on the show, brother. So, Thanks. thank you. Appreciate it. And, guys, I mean, Rashad, any any closing remarks? Uh, man, like you say, shout out to our brother Dustin. Get that house right. And congratulations to you again, bro. And, Nothing else, man. Thank y'all for listening. All right. And once again, just a quick uh, tip to Destin. Make sure you have good technique. You're rolling three, four times and then redoing the pain. Don't be trying to dry the roll out, man. Don't be doing 12 <laughs> times. And because you're going to be like my buddy James over there. Like one side is pain and the other side is damn 
bed or dance in the other side. Man, come on, man. Had to go in there and redo that whole freaking living room. Um, three rows and a dip. Right, yeah. Three, four rows and a dip, man. Come on. I got to teach you things. If you have any plumbing issues, call your boy. Um, you know, travel expenses and everything. I'll, I'll, I'll get with you. I'll send you an estimate. But uh, guys, <laughs> once again, thank you for tuning into this episode, guys. We love you. We thank you. Enjoy the NBA playoffs. Enjoy yes. Memorial Day weekend. Hey. Oh, yeah. If you're going to drink, drink responsibly. Be safe out there, guys. Enjoy it. Enjoy y'all's weekend. We will see you next week. Peace.